Welcome to episode 156 of the X-Files Retrospective Podcast, released through Bureau 42. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. This time around, we're looking at Orison. It's season 7, episode 7. The original air date was January 9th of the year 2000. The IMDb user score is 7.9 out of 10, and the action primarily takes place in the state of Illinois. This is the third time we've had a sequel to a Monster of the Week episode. You may remember that Donnie Faster was someone who was a death fetishist. He used to kill women, remove their fingers, you know, eat the fingers, although that was just implied. It wasn't actually shown the first time around, probably because of standards and practices. It was just explained explicitly this time. For the most part, he was just a very human kind of evil. There was a brief moment when Scully saw him as a monster when she was captured by him, but that's it. This time he's back, and he somehow manages to walk out of prison after another inmate appears to lose his fingers, and he just walks out while everyone else is in slow motion, so Mulder and Scully are brought in to figure out how that worked. And for most of the episode, it appears that Donnie is just a normal human, and it's actually Reverend Orison who's been releasing these prisoners, Donnie Faster is the third or fourth in the line, because he's got the ability of mass hypnosis, and he is exacting vengeance on them by killing them himself. He's drilled a hole in his head, which somehow increases his hypnotic ability, so he can completely convince people that there's another reality going on. Like the inmate who believed his fingers were lost in the machine, everybody else saw it too, but in the end it was all fine. Only when he tries to kill Donnie Faster, he can't, because Faster actually is a demon. So that brief scene that Scully saw wasn't just you know, her head wrapping around it, but he actually was a demon, or possibly the devil. He's probably not the devil, because he eventually finds Scully's house. I don't know how. I mean, I get that he's got a, a fetish for redheads. We see that here. I get that she's the one that got away and he'd want to pursue her. I could almost believe that he would follow her back to her home, but he beat her there. So I don't know how he got her address and showed up, but anyway, he did. And Scully, thankfully, is not your typical damsel in distress. She fights back and she fights back hard. So it's made very clear here that she would have put him down, or at least brought him in on her own. Yeah, he did physically beat her up and tie her up, but she didn't let that stop her. We see a lot of strength from Scully here. Now, Mulder does show up to save the day because throughout this, there have been signs to Scully that maybe there's higher powers working through her to protect her, sending her messages through a repeated song that Mulder hears on the radio. When Scully doesn't answer her phone, he comes to follow up. And it ends with Scully shooting and killing Donnie faster in her home, and then she questions whether or not that was really her. You know, she's saying, what made me do that? What was it that was in me? Mulder says, what if it was God? She says, what if it wasn't? Which I think is a really nice moment. So the episode was directed by Rob Bowman, who we've heard a lot from. This is the only X-Files episode written by Chip Johansson. Now, Johansson has 17 credits to his name. Prior to this, he'd worked on Married with Children, Rugrats, 
and he was showrunner for Beverly Hills 90210 for a while before taking over as showrunner of Millennium for the complete run. And now that Millennium was done, he came onto X-Files, would then go on to Crow Salvation, Dark Angel, 24, Dexter, and is currently working on Homeland. Scott Wilson plays Reverend Orison. His acting debut was In the Heat of the Night from 1967. He'd also been in The Great Gatsby, The Right Stuff, the 1980s Twilight Zone TV series, Exorcist 3, Judge Dredd. This is his only X-Files credit, but he's got 81 credits to his name, most recently as Herschel Green in The Walking Dead, before he passed away in October of 2018. Steve Rankin only has this X-Files credit, but he does have a number of other credits to his name. He actually was in the movie briefly as a field agent, which may be why some people recognize him. I would also know him from Apollo 13, American Gothic, Space Above and Beyond, Star Trek, both Deep Space Nine and Voyager, Murphy Brown, Star Trek The Next Generation. According to the IMDb, he's best known for his roles in Blue Streak as FBI Agent Grey, Men in Black as an INS agent, Pearl Harbor as Rafe's father, and The One as an MBA supervisor. He's one of those that-guy actors that you've seen in a lot of things, but rarely in prominent roles. Now, Emilio Rivera plays the inmate who seems to have his fingers severed, which we later learn was an illusion. He's got 143 acting credits to his name, including roles in Spider-Man 3, Gang-Related, Venom, Miami's MC, and Sons of Anarchy. Lisa Arch plays the Carl Girl, who had the redhead wig on. 39 acting credits to her name, including Legally Blonde, Guess Who, Dirt Merchant, and Evan Almighty. This is her only X-Files credit. Rick Kramer plays the guard, who zones out and allows Donnie Faster to just walk out of the hospital and Sorry, not Donnie Faster, who zones out and allows Reverend Orison to walk out of the hospital as a result of hypnosis. This is his only X-Files credit, but he's also got 88 credits to his name, including Live Free or Die Hard, Cassidy Red, Transformers Revenge of the Fallen, and Rat Race. Finally, Tara Buck plays Blueberry in her only X-Files credit. She's got 45 acting credits to her name, including the recurring role of Ginger, on True Blood, as well as roles on Ray Donovan, Pee-wee's Big Holiday, and Home. So all in all, it's a well-made episode. It brings a previous character back who's not officially the X-File, although that's teased. One of the things I liked about Donnie Faster's original appearance is that he was a very human monster. It was a change of pace where these cases that appear to be supernatural were not always supernatural. So I'm not sure if I like Actually, I'm, I'm, I am sure. I don't like the fact that they turned him into a demon here. I would have much rather that they left him as human and kept Orison as the only X-File and had him escape Orison's vengeance in some other way. As far as the science is concerned, hypnosis really is a thing. It's not at this level, and I don't know if group hypnosis is anywhere close to this. And I also have no expectations that increasing the blood flow to the brain would increase hypnotic ability. I mean, it's not a psychic ability. It's about tone of voice. It's about controlling the sensory input. 
and increasing blood flow to the brain does not affect somebody else's sensory input. In any event, that's all we have to say about Orison. Join us again in two weeks' time when we take a look at The Amazing Malini. Thank you for listening.